Hi, my name is Amar. I'm a senior econ student at Case Western. Hi, everyone. My name is Zach, and I'm a first-year medical student at the CUNY School of Medicine. And welcome to the MSX Podcast, a show about a broad range of topics in medicine, from education to exploring research and contemplating future directions for the field. In each episode, we speak with leaders in the field to learn from their insight and expertise. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with my classmate, Tiffany Lacroix, another first-year medical student at the CUNY School of Medicine. She graduated the City College of New York with a degree in biomedical sciences with a minor in African-American studies. Tiffany is a recipient of the Edward I. Coach Fellowship, which granted her the opportunity to seek an internship with Beyond Flexner Alliance, or BFA, an organization that aligned with her passion for medicine, social justice, and health equity. With the support of BFA, she worked on a structural racism resource page for the organization, as well as planned and moderated webinars catered to delivering the perspectives of health profession students. From fall 2020 through spring 2021, she was the president of the City College chapter of the NAACP. She was also vice president of a program dedicated to mentoring black and brown youth called You Can Too. Tiffany started a blog called Black Women Empowered, where she explores social justice issues, the plight of marginalized communities with a focus on black women, and discusses her journey as a black woman pursuing a medical degree. She started a campaign with the blog where she sold tote bags with the phrase, have you listened to a black woman today? This campaign served to empower black women, but also to remind non-black women of the role they play in the battle for black women to be seen, heard, and protected. Thank you, Tiffany, for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. So to start off, if you could just give us a little bit of insight on your upbringing and some of the factors that influenced how you got interested in medicine. Of course. Um, so I feel like my household was pretty laid back, but my mother, my parents could be pretty strict in terms of education. I feel like one major thing my mom always told me was that education was the key to everything, basically success, you know, financial freedom, and just living a semi-uncomplicated life. Um, and so uh, she, like, I feel like a major theme in my life was really that knowledge is power and that any way I could attain it was, you know, something that I needed to do. Um, and she also reminded me that being black and being a woman in this life in general it's always going to be a struggle for me so it's one thing that someone couldn't take away from my identity is is my um intelligence right like you could look at me and assume all these things about like what i physically look like but if i have the knowledge and the education specifically like being a physician and saving lives that's something no one could take away from me right i went through medical school i went through well, I will go through residency. And, you know, that's something I earned for myself, right, regardless of my identity. Um, I guess, you know, talking a little bit more about what influenced me to get into medicine specifically. Initially, I wanted to be a lawyer, like, you know, when you're like five or like six, you're like, I want to be like a clown in a, in a circus, or I want to do all these like crazy things. Initially, I wanted to be a lawyer. And I can't tell you why, but it was just like a thing that like I stuck with. And then I want to say, around like, maybe like a year later or mm, a year or two later, I can't remember exactly, but I wanted to become a doctor because of a specific uh, experience that I had with a black nurse. Um, and so basically I went for a regular checkup and I was really afraid of needles. Like it was no needles were coming near me <laughs> and <clears throat> no, none of the, nobody could hold, like basically calm me down. And this one nurse came in and just literally explained to me what was gonna happen how it was going to feel um, and told me I could hold her hand, told me that my, my, my parent could be right next to me and that, you know, that I was okay. And I was, you know, talking to her, she made me laugh and she did the shot and I was literally never afraid again. 
like after that point, I went to the doctor and I was just like, okay, a shot. And to like, even like currently, like I'm not afraid of needles. So I feel like even though I was really young, I knew what it felt like to be cared for properly. And I just remember wanting to do that for someone in that capacity. I, I can't tell you why exactly, but it was just like, I want to be a doctor. Like I came home, I was like, I want to be a doctor. That's what I want to do. I want to do what she did. And so I guess like currently, like my why I why I'm in medicine right now might be like a little different but it's like at its core the same right like I want to treat the larger population the way that I feel like uh they need to be treated um with respect with dignity um with compassion with care um I guess another experience uh I'm part of my identity is being half Haitian and in 2010 uh there was an earthquake in Haiti that you know was a super a a huge devastation to a lot of people fortunately my family was um safe and you know nothing really bad happened to them but a lot of people did kind of um deal with the aftermath of this losing family members and things of that nature and I just remember watching it and being really young and seeing that like lives were lost constantly. And like they would, the injuries were, it, they didn't seem massive. It was just kind of like, there wasn't enough, wasn't enough help, right? Not enough um, uh, doctors, not, not enough healthcare professionals there. And I just remember thinking like, if I was a doctor right now, I'd be over there. And of course, as a kid, like you don't know the gravity of the situ- situation and how difficult it would be to travel there, but just having the ability to save a life through the knowledge that you have is something that's insane. Like it's huge. It's amazing. So that's just another piece where it's just like, I want to have the knowledge to save lives if need be. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about my upbringing and my interest in medicine. And it seems now like in your blog, you're trying to translate some of that knowledge as power to um, other people that maybe like look up to you. So I'd love to learn what topics you like you started off writing about. And as you've grown, what topics do you want to share more uh, with the world? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I started my blog when COVID kind of uh, went wild. <laughs> um, I want to say May of 2020. Um, and during that time, like we weren't only dealing with COVID, but a lot of systemic racial issues were coming to light because of the onset of COVID and because of, you know, current events that were happening, like, you know, George Floyd passing away and, you know, things of that nature. I I was thinking, I I was thinking about a lot during that time. Everything was overwhelming. And I was just kind of like, this is like one of my biggest outlets. And I was like, hmm, why don't I just kind of share it with the world? And so I think initially I started off with kind of just educating people about what I thought was the basics of racism and, you know, just talking about the perspective of people of co- people of color in this country and like the problems that they face and and how you as a non-person of color can or not you or whoever uh excuse me basically how uh individuals that might not see this perspective because they don't face it every day how they um, basically can can help us and and better understand us and you know prevent the perpetuation of these same issues um, so I think one of my blog posts was just basically about using certain terms that we hear in like rap music and everyday culture, um, just about how to be more respectful and why it's offensive to like communities of communities of color, specific, specifically the black community. Um, and just like why people that are not of this 
um, ethnicity slash culture should not be partaking in using certain phrases because it's just, it isn't right. And you, you need to know the foundations of things so that you understand why you shouldn't be, you know, engaging um, in the act of using it. Um, and then other things, uh, you know, that were more so specific to the experience of a Black woman, because I feel like, of course, if you don't live an experience, you don't know it. That goes for like any identity. And I feel like specifically Black women are like the least represented uh I feel like uh, within education, within just a lot of different sectors of life. So I just thought that using my platform as a way to kind of uplift my voice and the, the voice, the voices of people that came before me that were never heard is just something that's really important to me. Um, yeah. Uh, and I feel like currently my perspective is a little more about showing like in the future, I definitely want to portray uh, higher education and like what, what medical school really is, because I think social media paints a very interesting picture about medical students in the day to day, especially being a student of color. Like, what does finances look like for a student of color that doesn't come from a background where like their family members were doctors? What does that look like? How did you go through research? How did you get this internship your first year? Like, what are the steps that you need to take? Because I know coming into my first year, I was kind of just like, how am I going to match in four years? What, what do I need to do? No one is telling me this. It's just kind of like module after module, take exams, pass them, you know, study all day. But it's like, what, let's get down to the nitty gritty. How do I make myself, you know, advocate for residency while still maintaining my mental peace and, you know, my lifestyle, like my friends and family. So just painting a, a picture of, of being a student as just like something that's doable and, being vulnerable at the same time like hey not every day is super cool like <laughs> today might have sucked maybe I didn't get anything done maybe I felt really bad about you know my like how much I knew or you know what I'm saying like just normal normalizing certain feelings that are not very well expressed or talked about within the field of medicine and schooling in general yeah, I definitely resonate with the, you know, what you said about the depiction on social media of like what a med student's life is like, like, oh, wake up 4 a.m., meditate for two hours, then, you know, like do a little work, some workout or whatever. Um, but the reality fails to depict like, you know, the stress or the other things that, you know, kind of come with that, that reality. Being that you had to like figure out a lot of it by yourself. Can you break down some of that process of self-discovery and finding you know, what works best for you in med school? Um, I think, you know, to start off, it's a lot of trial and error. And I'm a firm believer in giving yourself the space to grow because a lot of times we expect ourselves to be our final product, but we don't realize that this is, you know, you're constantly evolving. Like when I'm 60, I'm still not going to be, I'm still going to feel like there's things I need to do and that there's things missing. And that's because we're always growing and evolving. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that was kind of like the first step, kind of just taking a step back and being like, hey, this is your first year. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a little weird. It's going to be a little tough, but uh, you really just have to take your time with yourself and, you know, just try your best. Um, so just taking like, you know, a calm approach. But every day, you know, was a battle. You know, some days I beat myself up. Some days I was just like, oh, this is crazy. But, you know, just coming back and trying to balance myself, uh, ground myself is was really important. Um, I like to reach out to people that are older than me and just kind of get their perspective. Um, I think pride is a big thing that a lot of people face or, or not face, but out, uh, are affected by or they allow it to affect them in a way that they don't seek out help. 
you'll just hurt yourself in the long run if you don't ask people that know more than you about what you need to do. Um, so that was something else that really helped me. Um, and I want to say like, just like being patient is a virtue, but like super huge when you are going through a period of not knowing. And I feel like we're always in a period of not knowing, like, am I going to do well on this exam? Or am I like, how is this year going to end for me? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like we have hopes and dreams, but we don't necessarily know exactly what, what the end result is going to be. So it's just like really just being patient with yourself and knowing that in due time, everything will unravel the way it needs to be. Um, and yeah, I feel like that was really my process for figuring things out for myself. And like regarding like this process, you know, of med school, I know we're in it uh, deep right now, but if you were to kind of take a bird's eye view of like uh, the road ahead and any kind of aspirations you have, not necessarily just about like, oh, like what uh, specialty, but just kind of where you see yourself in maybe 10 years and uh, about like writing, do you plan on continuing to write like uh, at that point in your life? Like, what does that kind of look like for you? Yeah, thank you for that question. Um, I... So 10 years from now, how old would I be? I'll be 32. Um, so I guess briefly, I'll just say that hopefully I am in OB attending at that point. Um, also hoping that I dabble into academic med because I've realized that I do like teaching. Um, and I feel like being a student of color, I value my professors of color because we don't like have that many. Um, and so, and, and being a really, being a good professor and also being a person of color at the same time is really good because sometimes, you know, it, it's like, you don't have a lot of, uh, professors of color. And then sometimes when you do have them, if they're not as great as you expect them to be, it's a little disheartening. <laughs> so I hope, I'm hoping that I can, you know, go into medicine and, and kind of like change how, how things are taught and, you know, just, bring nuances to, to the, the, the field of, of medicine, um, through in the classroom. Um, and I feel like regarding writing, um, I do want to, within my lifetime, write a, a novel. Um, not entirely sure what it'll be about. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I would love to continue writing, continue sharing my story, um, and uplifting other voices through my platform, because I think that, like, I, I don't only want to have this voice online, but I, I really think that being um, being accessible to people is also really important. Like, I can write these words and people can feel like, oh, my God, wow, you really get me. And like, or like, wow, you really taught me these things. But like, if you feel like I'm untouchable and you can't reach out to me, I feel like my work is pointless. So at the same time, I want to be accessible to people that read uh, my work and that follow me on social media because, you know, the only way to help people is to physically help people. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I'd like to learn more about why you chose the medium of like writing. In undergrad, I started taking black studies classes. Um, and I, we always have like, I always had writing assignments and it was very different from my medical school courses because it's not, you know, science-based at all. It's not mechanisms of diseases. It's very much how I felt about a, a video or how I felt about issues that really spoke to me and, and issues that were really, that I was really passionate about. Um, so it gave me that kind of like creative um, license to really showcase a certain issue in the way that I wanted to. 
Um, and I really like that power. And, you know, when I would share my things in class or when I even spoke to my friends, because I would even speak about certain issues, like with my friends constantly, they would go like, you should do a podcast or you should share your voice in some way. And I am not very, I don't know. I just felt like I wasn't comfortable with like making a YouTube video or I wasn't comfortable with doing a podcast because I don't know, just a lot of things that go into podcasts. I commend you guys because it's very difficult to, you know, organize that but you guys do a very great job so uh kudos to you uh but yeah I just couldn't do it so I was like writing I could do it at my own pace like there's no one watching me like I can edit it I can rewrite it I can reword it I can upload it delete it you know what I'm saying so a lot of control on my end so I thought that was just the easiest medium for me to share my work um and I liked the fact that I could kind of like create a website and it was very much like my identity on like a platform so yeah, no, I think it's great that, you know, your friends encouraged you to kind of pursue that, like, and so that you had a voice um, that could be of benefit if it was uh, shared, your perspectives were, were shared. Um, so kind of uh, since, like, we're both nearing, like, the end of our first year of med school, uh, just kind of reflecting on that in, like, relationships-wise, what are some qualities that you admire in, like, those people you consider friends? Like, yeah. Um, wow. So I feel like I... <sighs> A lot of qualities that my friends have, I feel like I admire. Um, there's a lot to name, but uh, just thinking on a few, um, I feel like the patience is, so I mentioned it earlier, but patience in a way, like patience with other people and patience with other people is is like super important. And sometimes I feel like I lack that type of patience. Like I'll, yeah, very impatient. But I feel like my friends are very patient with me. Um, and I just feel like that's something over the years that I've slowly started to adapt, um, because before, like I currently, you know, I'm working on it, it's a work in progress, but it's better than what it was. So I think that's something that rubbed off on me. And that's something I definitely admire. Um, uh, humility is another big one. Um, I feel like my friends create a safe space for me. Um, and especially when it comes to, so I'm speaking about friends, like specifically from, from school right now. Um, I think it's important to have friends that are humble because it rubs off on you. Not only does it rub off on you, but it allows you to grow in a way without it feeling like a competition. Cause I know a lot of friends have friend groups where it's kind of like cutthroat and now we're in the same program, but I'm getting better grades than you. And what did you do? Well, like, how did you, how well did you do on this? And just a lot of tearing down. I feel like my friends don't do anything like that. They like lift each other up and lift me up and just kind of help keep me grounded um, and focused. Um, and I think the last um major quality I'd want to point out um, is the fact that they're very passionate people. <laughs> and I feel like when, you know, there's something that they have, they, they've put their mind to, they're going to set out and they're going to do it. Um, and again, like when you have friends, especially, you know, being in high school, being in an undergrad or, you know, learning like now, you know, in medical school, it's really important to have people that motivate you and push you to be the best version of yourself, right? Like you want friends that are going to reflect your um, qualities and reflect who you are, because, you know, how are you, how are you going to get better if you don't have people around you that are motivating you to get there, right? So I think, yeah, like those are my major qualities with my friends. <laughs> and Zach and I saw one of your blog posts that it was 20 lessons from 2020. 
now that it's like midway through 2022, uh, would love to hear if you have an update for some of those, those lessons, maybe some of the, the top lessons you've learned in your, in your first year of med school. And I mean, throughout COVID as well. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, in terms of the shift in terms of lessons that I did in 2020, I honestly don't even remember exactly what I wrote, but <laughs> what I can say, we kind of had a reflection class a few days ago. And I think I talked a lot about, you know, lessons that I learned from my first year of medical school. Um, and I feel like one major lesson, and this is a lesson that I'm going to continuously have to learn, but I'm glad that I started to learn it now is that imposter syndrome is a real feeling, but those feelings aren't real, right? Like those are things that, that we essentially make up in our heads because of maybe societal pressure, the people around you, um, just a lot of things allow us to create this false voice in our head that tells us, hey, you're not good enough for this, or hey, you're not actually, you, maybe you shouldn't be in this field, or you know, maybe you're not as good as you think you are. Um, and I feel like that voice can be really loud at times, especially when things get difficult. Um, and I feel like time and time again, I've proved myself wrong. <laughs> and so I'm just kind of like, where, like this voice that I created, I don't know why it's narrating my life, but I don't want it to anymore. Um, and so once you kind of make that conscious de decision, it, it starts to get lower and lower. It's like you hear it and you're just like, what was that? I don't, I don't really know. So yeah, imposter syndrome is fake. Um, and I feel like another lesson I learned is that I've, I feel like in the beginning of M1, I was really big on how do I create this idea of balance? Like, how do I balance working out, you know, going, working and studying and hanging out with friends and family and still being, still existing because it's hard. Um, but I realized that every day you, you really create your own balance, like your own sense of balance, right? Like one day I'll be studying for like eight to 12 hours and maybe I didn't get to work out that day or I only took 30 minutes for myself that day. But the next day, maybe I only studied for four hours. I went out with, for lunch with my friend. I worked out and I just chilled. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what the balance is. Every day is not going to look the same, but the way it looks is, is going to be dictated by me. And that's something I have to own up to every day. Um, and a big thing is that like, that I learned is that if I don't know something in this moment, it doesn't mean that I'll never know it. And I think that especially in medical school, like certain courses will make you feel like, oh, if you didn't know this now, you're really dumb. And how are you going to be a doctor? Like you didn't know that potassium increases in this scenario. It's like, whoa. Um, but no, like we're in training for a reason. If I was supposed to be a doctor already, I would have matched and I would be in residency, but I'm not right. Cause I'm in training. So it's like kind of just reminding myself that like, with, in, with time, I'll know what I need to know. And I just have to trust the process and, and believe in myself um, and have confidence. Um, and I guess the final lesson, or there's definitely a lot more, but the final lesson that I'll share um, is that, especially in M1, like you do have time for things. Like <laughs> it feels like you don't because you always have an exam just looming over your head, but like you have time. Like if you didn't study today, you don't need to beat yourself up because you have more than enough time to study so that you can do well on your module exam. M1, I feel like is, it might be probably one of the la the most lax years we'll have because um, we don't have to take uh, insane, huge exams. It's just kind of module exams and they're pretty spaced out. So it's just like, don't kill yourself every day, do your best. Um, and, you know, just, just accommodate accordingly.
All right, Tiff. Well, thank you so much for joining us and for those encouraging, you know, words of wisdom. Of so this has been the MSX podcast, guys. Thank you.